Good morning. Welcome. Today is All Saints Sunday, so you are in the right place. Because in the New Testament, all of us are saints. We don't have to die to be saints, unless you want to. But I'm not ready yet. So it's All Saints Sunday, and, but we do remember uh, at this time of year those who have passed on before us. And so today uh, we will um, honor them by reading the memorial roll of members who have passed away in the, the previous year. And then there'll come a time when you are invited to call out the name of a loved one, and then we'll ring a bell. Okay, so audience participation, if you have one that you would like to share, uh, we invite you to do that. So that'll come just following the sermon. And we want to say thank you to Diane Hall for thinking of us on All Saints Sunday. She purchased a beautiful, beautiful arrangement for the sanctuary to remember all the saints. So we are grateful for that. Okay? All right, now we have a new person in our congregation. Listen to this. Uh, Rachel and Ben English had a baby born Friday. Her name is Sydney Lynn English. So she's the newest member of our flock. We'll get the stats on her and share those uh, at an upcoming time. And then, uh, while we're sitting here in the sanctuary, our hearts just beating peacefully. Curtis Whitted is running the New York Marathon today. So, um, yeah, he's, he's uh, running like the wind. And so we want to keep him in our prayers. And then one of our high school students, Spencer Rich. Oh, yes, he walks in the door. Spencer! He was on the May South State Champion 5A soccer team, and they won yesterday. <laughs> Talk about perfect timing. That was great. I bet we couldn't do that again if we wanted to. Yes. All right. And then uh, there uh, it was a pastor in our church who was on staff for a while. His name is Dan Ferguson, Pastor Dan Ferguson. And he's written another book. And if you would like it, it's entitled Doggy Heaven. I just happen to have a copy if you have $15. And um, um, that's mostly just to take care of the cost. So. That is something we wanted to announce. And there's a job fair, that information on the bulletin board, if uh, you would be looking for a job. And we have an angel tree out there. It's ready. Do you know it's less than two months before Christmas? All right. The angel tree supports uh, United Methodist Youthville, Ember Hope. And so if you'd like to take an ornament, it tells you exactly what to do um, on the back, and then you bring your gifts, and uh, we'll make sure they get to the right place. Now, this has been an historic week in the life of the United Methodist Church. Let me tell you how. In the United Methodist Church, we have what's called a general conference, and that is the body that has representatives from all of the annual conferences uh, throughout the, the world in the United Methodist Church gather to make decisions about doctrine and polity. That's every four years. And they didn't meet in 2020 because of the pandemic. Well, following general conference is always 
uh, a jurisdictional conference. Our general conference is divided up into jurisdictions. Like here in the United States, there's five different jurisdictions. And they meet following general conference to elect business, to elect bishops, and do other business that's necessary. We didn't have that either. But we really needed to elect some bishops. And so a special uh, session of jurisdictional conference uh, was held this past week in Houston, Texas, for the purpose of electing bishops. The South Central Jurisdiction, composed of Texas, New Mexico, Oklahoma, Oklahoma Indian United Methodist Conference, Kansas, Nebraska, Missouri, Louisiana, Arkansas, uh, these comprise the South Central Jurisdiction. Nine Episcopal areas, which nine areas that have coverage of bishops. Well, we needed three. And so we elected three uh, in Houston, Texas this week. And then they were, there were consecrations and there were assignments made. Now, did you follow all that? I'm trying to keep it simple because I got two for me. But listen to this. We have a picture of our bishop, Bishop Reuben Sines, who has faithfully served Kansas and Nebraska, the Great Plains Annual Conference, for the last eight years. He served two segments of four years each. That's eight years, after which time a bishop is reassigned or assigned to a new area. Bishop Sines was assigned to the Central Texas and North Texas Annual Conferences, an Episcopal area, which will take effect January 1. So we've got to say goodbye to uh, Bishop Sines. He's done a wonderful, wonderful job. So he'll be moving on uh, January 1. Well, we elected bishops. In our annual conference, we have had a pastor who has served faithfully for decades. Her name is Dee Williams Williamston. She served as a pastor, as a district superintendent, and most recently as director of clergy excellence and assistance to the bishop. Oh, there she is. She was elected bishop, the first African-American um, uh, bishop in the South Central jurisdiction. Made history. Made history. And so we can be very proud that one of our own clergy from uh, Kansas and Nebraska was elected bishop. She will be assigned January 1 to the Louisiana Episcopal area. All right, you follow me? Now, another one was elected, and his name is David Wilson. David Wilson was elected. He will be our new bishop. He was assigned to the Great Plains Annual Conference. So meet our new bishop, Bishop David Wilson, January 1, 20. 23. Now, David Wilson was most recently uh, from the Oklahoma and Oklahoma Indian United Methodist Church Conference uh, just south of us, and he's been a general superintendent in uh, the Oklahoma Indian uh, Missionary Conference, which means that he was a general superintendent to the Indian United Methodist Church, which is here in Wichita, just over on McLean. So, you following? He knows the territory. He is the first Native American bishop to be elected in the United States ever. 
I am so proud. So proud to be a United Methodist disciple of Jesus. It's a good day. Well, in coming weeks, we'll share more about our new bishop, and we'll offer praises for our outgoing bishop. And, uh, but I wanted you to know that this has been an historic week in the, the life of our denomination. I'm proud to be a United Methodist, and you can be too. How good is that? All right. Oh, there's more. I'll bet you had to put on some sunglasses when you came in the parking lot this morning. You see those bright yellow stripes? Holy schmoly. Well, uh, the, the Board of Trustees, under the capable direction of Mark Hodges, has uh, fixed all the boo-boos in the parking lot so we won't fall in any of the cracks anymore. And they resealed it and restriped it, and it only cost us $43,000. And we already had the money on hand, so we're not begging you for donations. The money was already there because of your already generous giving. How good is that? So I wanted you to know that. Had we uh, skimmed it off and repaved the whole thing, it would have cost more than uh, about four times that much-ish. Anyway, we have a brand new parking lot for the next 10 years at least. <sighs> Anything else you want to talk about? Yep. Okay. It's time for holy chaos, I invite you to stand and turn and greet one another in Christian love. If you don't know someone, ask their name and tell them yours.
let us join together in the call to worship. On our pilgrimage of faith, in a changing and uncertain world, we do not walk alone. The Lord is with us. We remember all those who taught us faith, that cloud of witnesses whose example burns bright in our memory. God of grace, by whose love the world exists, show us your face once again and reveal us. Let us sing for all the saints in the faith we sing, number 2283, verses 1 through 4. Please join me in the invocation. God of eternal love, we praise you for the witness of all saints who have shown us with their lives how to be faithful to you. Fill our hearts with their memory this hour, that we too would dwell in your presence and be strengthened in our faithfulness. In the name of Jesus, in whose love we all belong. Amen. You may be seated. As part of our stewardship campaign, uh, one of the things we're doing is we are hearing personal testimonies from members of the congregation who uh, share with us how uh, giving and financial stewardship uh, can be and is for them an important part of their faith practice. Uh, today we have Alan uh, Roots, who is the chair of our endowment committee. So Alan, uh, Welcome, and thank you for sharing your faith with us today. Thank you, Pastor Daniel. Good morning. Uh, my name is Alan Roots. I'm with the Aldersgate Endowment Committee. Um, in case you guys aren't aware, endowment is basically an investment account where contributions that are given to an endowment are invested, and that contribution is never touched. And the earnings from those are given out year after year. So the contributions are a way to give a gift to help the Aldersgate mission that continues to give year after year after year. 
And I've always heard of them from people making huge donations to endowment or through a will or an estate and these huge gifts that can go help start a new program or start something huge. One of my former colleagues and someone I went to school with, however, provided a different perspective. He came from a huge family and had to find his own way to get through school. And he wanted to help. He felt called afterwards, how can I help people like me? But he didn't want to wait until he was older. And the school pointed him towards their endowment. And it's a way where he could give small gifts and build up to that big gift over the long term. But as he went through that progress, every year his contributions were given out the next year to help someone just like him. And that's one thing that the endowment here at Aldersgate does. We've been increasing scholarships by over $10,000 over the last two years as a way to help members of our own congregations. So I hope you think with spiritual giving and financial giving, consider the endowment as a way that you can make a contribution and it will that gift will continue to give year over year for not only the rest of our lives, but even potentially beyond that. And to me, that's something that I found, that exposure and awareness of being able to give even small gifts now will add up to even more than giving a huge gift towards the end of life. So I hope that you guys consider that as a way to help the congregation and further Aldersgate's mission in a way to help give a gift that will keep on giving indefinitely. Thank you. Thank you, Alan. At this time, I would like to invite the uh, ushers to come forward uh, to take the daily uh, offering. I'd also like to invite Maya Young, who is going to come up and share with us a very special song. Thank you, Maya. Yeah. 
be seated. Uh, before we invite the kids to come up for children's time, uh, we have a second testimony to hear today, so we will be doubly blessed today. Um, um, Alan shared particularly with the lens towards uh, stewardship, but since it is All Saints uh, Sunday today, um, we have Jane Hull, who is going to share with us a little bit about her uh, faith experience and how some important people in her life uh, have influenced her. So Jane, thank you so much. Thank you, Pastor Dan. From the time I was born, I was blessed with a legacy of faith handed down to me by word and example lived out by my parents, my grandparents, even my two great-grandmothers. They were so loved by their Lord that their lives were lived to serve him and love him and others. I had no idea that everyone didn't live that way. Prayer, hospitality, reading the word, music, and serving others was just their way of life. So I was blessed with knowing and accepting Jesus' love, sacrifice, and forgiveness by age five. Their love for the Lord lived out in good times and bad would fill volumes, but I will share a few stories of their faithfulness. When my parents had been married a couple of years, they were able to rent a large acreage of land in Butler County. The wheat crop they planted was beautiful and abundant, and Dad borrowed money to buy a truck to haul the harvest wheat. What an exciting time of life it was as they were expecting their first child in a few months. After one load of wheat was in that truck, a terrible storm came up. Mom and Dad quickly got into the truck and drove for cover. Hail and a downpour destroyed everything in a short time. My parents watched as dead livestock floated by on the flooding waters that had taken their crop. They wept at their incredible loss. And then Dad said to Mom, We have lost everything. We have nothing left except the Lord, but he is enough. And the Lord truly did supply their needs and lead them through that rough time. Pastors and missionaries and their families were always welcome at our home. Many came for meals, many stayed for nights, some for days, weeks, a few for months. Oh, how these people blessed us. 
Our morning prayers are always very long, as these beloved ones were all lifted up individually by name before the Lord each morning. My dad was a truck driver and would stop to help anyone in need. On one icy December 23, very early in the morning, Dad noticed a van that had rolled into a ditch and stopped to help. I was soon awakened by lots of little noises as he brought five little boys to our farm to spend the day, then helped their parents and little baby brother get help they needed for their vehicle. By mid-afternoon, they continued on their way to Nebraska for Christmas. They were lifelong friends. Through the years, both of my parents went through some painful, life-threatening diseases. As always, God was faithfully with them and chose to restore them to health. I believe this is what spurred them on to finalize their last will and name five equal beneficiaries, we four children and the Lord. The Union Rescue Mission here in Wichita was close to my parents' heart. They served there often. After Dad's retirement, he went there frequently. It was an hour's drive to do repairs and any handiwork needed. He served on the rescue mission board and with joy retold many stories of lives he was seeing saved and changed. He was serving as president of that board, busy helping hang sheetrock one morning when he passed out. He had had a massive brain bleed, and five days later, he joined his Savior. From my parents' lives, my husband and I learned so much. First, pray. Proverbs 16.9 says, The mind of man plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. Plan, yes, but hold everything loosely. Time, stuff, money, and then be open to the Lord's direction. So often God has brought people and opportunities into our lives, opportunities to use the gifts he's given us for his kingdom to be his hands and feet. As teachers, we often saw students and families in need of food, clothing, wood to burn for heat, someone to listen and love and care. Our home was open to many students to visit, share meals, play games, fish. We enjoyed sharing times on playgrounds and campouts at McDonald's, school and clothes shopping, Easter egg hunting, just to name a few. Some people needed help with yard work, painting or sewing, and the list goes on. A couple of students lived with us for a time while their parents received medical help out of state. My husband held a Bible study in our home for at-risk boys. Two of them later unexpectedly died. Visiting folks with, who were elderly or ill was another joy the Lord led us into. As the ones who've gone before us showed through their faithfulness how worthy their Savior was, they left such a legacy for us to follow it becomes a way of life, seeing what God is placing in our path and saying yes. Serve, give, worship, and simply love others, friends, family, strangers, with all God has blessed you with. Then pray that the memories we leave will cause them to believe and that the lives we lead inspire them to obey. May the ones who come behind us find us faithful. Thank you so much, Jane. At this time, I would invite the kids to come up uh, for our time with young disciples. All right. Good morning, good morning. Maya, twice in one day. My goodness, 
this is good. All right, friends, I'm going to invite you to come around close because I want to show you something really near and dear to me. Uh, does anybody want to take a guess at what I have here in my hands? It's a good guess. It's a picture book. Absolutely. This is one of my family's photo albums. And I want to show you some photos. Okay, this one that I just opened up to. Look at this. This is me and my twin brother when we were babies. Can you, you guess? I'm a twin. Can you guess who is who? Oh, no. Yeah, I can't either, actually, <laughs> to be honest with you. Well, actually, see, my name is right there. Daniel is on our shirts. How about that? But, okay, I want to show this to you because I want you to meet some of my family members who have uh, gone before, who, who are no longer with us. Okay, this here, again, that's me and my twin brother, Greg. That's my sister, Jessica, my dad, Kevin, and this is my great-grandfather, Owen, and my great-grandmother, Kate, okay? And they lived in McPherson, Kansas for a long, long time, and, and they, they, they both passed away maybe five or ten years ago. Um, so sometimes uh, when I want to think about them, I'll go to my mom and dad's house, I'll get this photo book, this family album, and I'll yeah, yeah, I'm not sure why. That's, that's my sister there, so we'll cover her. Um, <laughs> let's see, who else can I show you um, here from my family? Okay, this is my aunt Shirley. Uh, she's on my dad's side too, and uh, she passed away just in 2019. In fact, her funeral was the first funeral that I ever did back in 2000. Wait, no, it was 2020. That's when that was. Uh, so that's my Aunt Shirley, and sometimes when I want to remember her, I'll come and I'll look at her picture. Let's see if I can show you one other person here. There's one other person. Okay, yes. You can't see him that well. You can just see the back of his head, but this is my mom's dad, uh, my grandpa Jim O'Donnell, and he was a weatherman for KTV for a long, long time, and um, I'm really proud of him, and he died when I was about 10, so he never got to see me grow up, but... Um, I always remember him with a lot of gratitude. There's another sticky note, and it's over my sister again. I don't know. <laughs> Gotta ask my mom about that. Um, so why am I showing you this? Why am I showing you all these photos of my family? Well, not quite, not quite, but I do want you to know them. But I, um, I, what, I, what we're talking about today is the people who have gone before us, who have paved the way for us to live today. And just as each of us belong to a uh, family, you might have a, a, a photo album like this, we're all also part of the family of faith. So like this uh, photo album helps me to remember my uh, grandparents who have died before me. The Bible tells the story of the family of faith. And when we look through the Bible, we can see the names and the stories of all the people who have gone before us uh, to make possible the faith that we have. Now, I want to ask you, um, think to your Sunday school lessons with Miss Cynthia. What is the name of a Bible character that you can remember? Peter, absolutely. So Peter was an apostle, and we can go to the Bible, uh, to the book of Acts, where it talks about Peter, and we can remember 
what Peter did, just like I can here with this photo album, okay? What's, what's another one? Yeah. David. David, absolutely. David was the king of Israel, and we can turn to the book of First Chronicles, see right here, talks about David, and we can remember the wonderful things that he did. All right, do we have one more example? Who else do we remember? Kinley. Luke, absolutely. Okay, now who was he? Do you remember? Yes. He, he was one of the gospel writers. So there's a whole book named after Luke, right? And he was a faithful man who followed Jesus. And because of what he did, we can easily follow Jesus because he wrote down all the words of Christ. So that's pretty cool. What I want you to think about is your own family albums. And when you go home today, I encourage you, ask your parents if you can look at a photo album and remember those family members who maybe have already died. And as you do so, remember... There is. Remember... (laughs) It's not on my sister. (laughs) Remember and give thanks for your family, okay? And also give thanks that we belong to the family of faith a beautiful thing amen all right friends go ahead put your hands on well don't put your hands on my photo album put your hands on the bible i like to be a tactile person okay and we're going to give thanks for the family of faith that we belong to and we're going to ask the adults to help us too okay so say these words after me dear god we give you thanks for the family of faith and all of the people who make it possible to follow you. Help us to be faithful. Amen. Amen. Good to see y'all this morning. Today's New Testament lesson comes from Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 through 2. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, Let us also lay aside every weight and the sin that clings so closely, and let us run with perseverance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, who, for the sake of the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, disregarding its shame, and has taken his seat at the right hand of the throne of God. Now please stand as you are able for the reading of the gospel. Today's gospel lesson comes from Luke, chapter 16, verses 10 through 13. Whoever is faithful in a very little is faithful in much, and whoever is dishonest in a very little is dishonest also in much. If then you have not been faithful with the dishonest wealth, Who will entrust you with true riches? And if you have not been faithful with what belongs to another, who will give you what is your own? No slave can serve two masters, for a slave will either hate the one and love the other, or be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and wealth. This is the word of God for the people of God. You may be seated. Let us join our hearts in prayer.
Spirit, lead us to those places where our trust is without borders. Call us out upon the waters of faithfulness and give us the courage to go. May these words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable to you. For you, God, are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. This morning, we are continuing with our stewardship series called The Gifts of Giving. And so uh, we're on week three out of four, where we're talking about how financial giving can be uh, a transformative part of our spiritual practices. Uh, The last two weeks, we've covered the topics of gratitude and generosity. And today, we are taking the turn to talking about a virtue that is at the center of all stewardship, and that is faithfulness. And what better day to talk about faithfulness than All Saints Day? For today is that day where we remember the faithfulness of the men, women, beloved children of God who have come before us to not only pave the way for us, but to light the way of faithfulness ahead. All those people who have shown us what it means to be faithful to Christ. We celebrate, we give thanks, and we draw on their memory as we ask ourselves the question, what does it mean to be faithful to Christ today? Now, I don't know if y'all know this, but the holiday, All Saints Day, it was originally just a Catholic holiday. It began all the way back in the ninth century. Uh, And the Catholic Church, as you might know, has a very rich tradition of consecrating or making official uh, uh, saints in the church. There's a long process that you have to go through, and if you make it to the end, uh, you might even get a day named after you, right? And in the, the United Methodist Church, we don't have the same tradition. We don't really have days named after saints, but on All Saints Day, we do remember that all of the saints are all of those who have lived the life of faithfulness. All of those who have modeled for us, illustrated for us, with the way they live, what a faithful life looks like. I hope you can think of at least one or two people who when you recall their memory, you can say that they are somebody who showed you what it meant to follow Jesus. Maybe it was a coach, a mentor, a teacher, pastor, a friend, but there are these people who come into our lives, are there not? And they come into our lives and they show us grace. They maybe meet us in a time where we're most confused and we need somebody to let us know that it's going to be okay. They're those people that come into our lives when, when we need an example to follow. And they pour themselves into us out of their love for God and their love for us. And they change us. They transform us. And through their example, we can see what a life of faithfulness looks like. I hope you can think of at least one or two people who have given you this gift of faithfulness. In Hebrews 12, the author says that we are all surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. 
And I love how the author describes it here in verses 1 and 2 that we read today. He kind of describes it or, or compares the saints to those in the, in the stands of the Giants' stadium. They are those saints that have run their own race and have now finished, but they are interested and they care about those of us who are continuing our own journey of faith. And it's as if they are in the stands surrounding us as we continue on our own journey. Uh, When I was in high school, I ran both cross-country and track, and I always liked track better than cross-country because track, you could hear the people uh, cheering you on every time you went around the track, and I wasn't very good, so I needed that encouragement each and every time I went around. In cross-country, it's not quite the same because, you know, you're out in the uh, back uh, country, and you don't really see people for long periods of time, and and you might not get that encouragement. But this is what the saints do for us. They're like the people in the stands that cheer us on as we continue to run our race as faithfully as we can. They urge us on. They encourage us each and every time we go around when we need it the most. They celebrate with us when our race is done and we join them in the stands. Well done, good and faithful servant, God might say. This is how the saints continue to support us. This is how they continue to inspire us. Now, I want to tell you about one of the members of my great cloud of witnesses. I have talked about him before, so if you've heard me talk about this, you'll have to excuse me, but I want to tell you about my great-great-great-grandfather, Charles Ezekiel Lynn. Now, Charles Ezekiel was a Methodist pastor in the 1870s and 1880s, in uh, the very, very southwest corner of Iowa. Uh, And back in those days, people didn't serve just one church like we do now. Uh, He was on a circuit of about 25 or 30 different parishes, and it was his job to ride his horse between all of them, sometimes preaching multiple times a day, uh, riding many miles to get to these different uh, uh, churches. Um, It was a hard life. But he was a pastor that served God faithfully. And, and I've gotten to learn about uh, Charles these past few years. When I was in college, I, I was in a Methodist history class. And we had an assignment to do a research project on a prominent Methodist figure. And I asked my professor, well, could I do it on my great-great-great-grandfather? He wasn't very prominent, but he's prominent to me. And as I learned about him, I discovered that my family actually has a lot of documents from his life. So as I went up to Shenandoah, Iowa, I got to thumb through his personal uh, diaries. I got to thumb through some of the uh, sermons he wrote, some of the letters that he wrote to his brother. And, And I learned that his life wasn't perfect. You know, he wasn't a perfect example of faithfulness all the time. But as I got to know him through his writings, this sense of connection grew. And, and in a mysterious way, I feel like Charles is with me as I am on my own journey, trying to be faithful. Just two and a half years as a pastor now, I draw strength from his example. And this picture that I showed you is in my office, and every day I look at it, and I remember that the faith that I'm living into 
was not dropped into my lap in 2022, but it was handed down from generations of faithful saints going back to Charles Ezekiel and generations before him. How good and beautiful it is to remember that we live into an ancient faith. One that goes back not only 2,000 years to the time of Christ, but generations before that with the Hebrew children. We stand on the shoulders of giants, of people who have asked themselves that question, what does it mean to be faithful to God and to be faithful to Christ? And they have lived out their answer to that question. And because those people have lived out their answer to that question, we have examples of what it means to be faithful. Now, as we come to the end of our stewardship season, I hope we are asking ourselves, what does it mean for me to be faithful? And as we answer this question, we remember we not only have to look back to the examples of the saints, but we also have to look inward and ask ourselves, God, what are you calling me to do this year to be faithful? In this season of my life, with the resources that you have given me, what does a faithful life to Christ look like? Now, when we talk about money, we have to remember that Jesus says in Luke 16 that we cannot serve two masters. And it is so easy, is it not, to serve money as our master because money promises things like safety, security, comfort, ease of living. And I don't know about you, but for the sake of these things, I will do almost anything. But Jesus reminds us to pay attention to where our loyalties are because we cannot serve two masters and Jesus invites us to serve only one and that's God. For at the end of the day, money cannot heal our hearts. Money cannot save our souls. It cannot mend our broken relationships and it cannot transform the world. Only God can do that. And so God invites us, and God invites you, to consider what faithfulness with the money you have looks like. As we approach Commitment Sunday next week, my hope for all of us is that we would be asking ourselves, what does this faithfulness look like? Now, as you think back to the saints that have poured into you, maybe there is somebody who has modeled for you what faithful finance looks like. But for a lot of us, I'm guessing there hasn't been someone like that, and we're kind of figuring this out as we go. So as we ask ourselves that question, as, as, as we look back to the example of the saints and, and look inward to discover a practice of faithfulness, May we also remember that the lives that we are living this very day will be the lives that the generations after us are looking to. And the lives that we leave and lead can be examples, models, and illustrations for what it means to be a faithful follower of Jesus Christ.
may it be so. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us now sing For All the Saints, number 711 in the United Methodist Hymnal, verses 1 and 2. privileged to remember the saints now. I am so grateful for the work of our memorial committee as they work behind the scenes here at Aldersgate to uh, meet the needs of those who have uh, uh, lost loved ones and who seek to establish memorials in their memory. And so today we have Chris Wheatley, who is a member of the memorials team, to uh, lead us in this time of remembrance. Thank you, Gary. Today we celebrate the vision of Revelation 7, when the author sees a great multitude that no one could number, dressed in white robes, standing around the heavenly throne, singing praises to God. We remember loved ones and friends who have passed from this earthly existence to the glory of heaven. The Memorial Committee at Aldersgate keeps track of the members who have died over the past year. Today. We humbly read the names of members who have died since All Saints Day one year ago. With the reading of each name, the tolling of a bell gives us pause to reflect and give thanks. Following the reading of these members, we will invite you, the congregation, to call out names of loved ones that you are remembering. After each name, we will also tell, toll the bell. With love and respect, we read the names of these Aldersgate members who have died since All Saints Sunday, 2021. Ted Anderson. Roger Olson. Bob Whitfield. Reverend Nathan Stanton. Bill Young. Norma Drennan, Larry Richwine, Martin Smith, Donna Tharp, Vivian Sackoff, Jim Clements, Dixie Mills, Mary McNeely, 
Mary Brody, Lynn Blankenship, Joyce Johnson, Virginia Kaufman, Dennis Morris. Let us pray. Gracious God, we praise you for the great company of all those who have finished their course in faith and now rest from their labor. Speak to us your messages of life. Help us to live as those prepared to die and when our days here are accomplished. May we also be accorded an abundant entrance into the kingdom of your glory. Thank you for each of these whom we have named before you and those we continue to remember in our hearts. May their memory inform our living and their witness enlighten our spirits through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. At this time, we would like to remember the memorial gifts that were given to Aldersgate over the past year in memory of members and friends. In children's education, in memory of Mary Smith, Anita Lysel, and Daryl Long. Children and, and youth ministry, in memory of Mary Brody. Scholarships, in memory of Dixie Hubbard. Seminary scholarships in memory of Ron Roots. Music and fine arts in memory of Laura Cathy. And the scouting ministry in memory of Bob Whitfield. The 21st Street Sign Landscaping in memory of Helen Pulliam, 
Ruth Kelts, Ted Anderson, Mary Ann Pistoco, Shirley King, Lorene Scott, and Ruth Ann Cox. Let us pray. Gracious God, author of all life, we praise you for these gifts that have been presented to Aldersgate in memory of these dear souls. We dedicate these gifts to your glory and pledge to use them for sharing your love to the mission field of our church and neighborhood. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Finally, we'd ask that you please note the insert that is included in the bulletin today for more information and for all the listing of memorial suggestions that our memorial committee has determined would be the best options to remember loved ones who pass away. Thank you for this opportunity to celebrate God's love through remembrance on this All Saints Sunday. Be blessed. Blessed communion, fellowship divine, we feebly struggle, they in glory shine, yet all are one in thee, for all are thine. Now we begin our time of communion. Uh, the United Methodist Church practices an open table. That means you do not have to be a member of this church or of any church to receive communion. Uh, we believe that communion is a means of grace. It's one of the ways that we experience God's grace. And as God's grace is denied to no one, communion is denied to no one. Please join me in reciting our confession and pardon. Merciful God, we confess that we have not loved you with our whole heart. We have failed to be an obedient church. We have not done your will. We have broken your law. We have rebelled against your love. We have not loved our neighbors and we have not heard the cry of the needy. Forgive us, we pray. Free us for joyful obedience through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. 
In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Amen. And we remember those who need our prayers this day. We invite you to pray for Ken Schnur, Nick Ahrens, Aaron McMillan, and a little Aaron is going for a bone marrow transplant this week, so uh, he and his family need our prayers. Uh, Marty Burroughs, the stepmother of Sherry Cleveland, who is in hospice care. Jerry Rothy and Judy Luckert, who are in the hospital. Uh, Sherry Diebler, Jennifer Diebler's mother, who is entering hospice. And we want to remember former custodian Mike Fay, the family of Carol Palacio, Mary Sue Smith, the sister of Edna Burley. And let's not forget to thank God for the life and the birth of little Sydney Lynn English. Heavenly Father, we thank you for walking with us and talking with us and telling us that we are your own. For declaring us worthy by your great sacrifice. And when you met with your disciples in the upper room long ago, you sought to give them symbols by which we could always remember your death and your resurrection. As you took bread, the bread that they were eating, and gave thanks and gave it special meaning and broke it and said, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And likewise, after supper, you took the cup and when you had given thanks, you gave it to your disciples, said, drink from this, all of you. For this is the cup of a new covenant ratified by the shedding of my blood for the forgiveness of sins, the sins of the whole world. And so as we approach your table, we are forever grateful for those saints who have communed with you in the past and for us now that we get to commune with you and all who will follow us, that we might remember the new covenant that you have made and ratified by your sacrifice. Make us, make these elements be for us the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ that we may be faithful disciples who witness and serve. I pray these things in the name of Christ who taught us to pray together saying, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. While the servers are coming forward to prepare to serve you, I will just say you do not have to be a member of the church in order to enjoy this sacrament. God seeks to meet us in the midst of this moment. 
there will be uh, four stations. The ushers will direct you. The gluten-free will be nearest the organ. And if you're unable to come, we will be glad to bring it to you.
Please join me in the prayer after receiving. Eternal God, we give you thanks for this holy mystery in which you have given yourself to us. Grant that we may go into the world in the strength of your spirit to give ourselves for others in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Because of time, we're going to cut the last hymn. So, uh, Kinley, if you want to come up and carry the light of Christ, feel free to do so now. This was a beautiful and jam-packed day. Uh, a lot of good things going on. Uh, so, thanks for letting us keep you an extra 10 minutes. Not a big deal. <laughs> As we go from this place, friends, I hope that you will go feeling that that great cloud of witnesses surrounds you to cheer you on, to encourage you in your own journey of faith. Go from this place confident, empowered by God's faithful love that will never, ever fail you, and go forth to be examples of faithful love for all you meet. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. <laughs>